Hello and welcome to the Spirit of Castlefield, exploring the spaces, places and people of Castlefield here in Manchester. This series is by Castlefield Forum, the charity dedicated to preserving and enhancing Castlefield for the benefit of those who live, work and play here. It is kindly supported by VoiceWorks, the audio production and voice technology company. Hello, I'm Norman Redhead. I'm the retired county archaeologist for Greater Manchester. Hi, I'm Ian Miller. I'm the lead archaeologist for the Greater Manchester Archaeological Advisory Service. The origins of Castlefield are massively linked with the origins of Manchester as a city because this is where Manchester was born. Uh, the remains of the Roman fort, which were founded by Agricola in AD 79, was the first example of people living in Manchester. We have no evidence for late prehistoric activity in Manchester. So when the Roman fort of 500 people, uh, infantry soldiers, was established, um, that was the beginning of our city. When uh, Agricola established a fort there, it was at a strategic crossing point over the River Medlock. It's also a nodal point for a whole series of roads going east, west, north and south, providing access to other forts and settlements in the north of England. The fort at Manchester actually carried on right through to the end of the Roman period uh, to about AD 400, and it attracted a settlement which we call a vicus, uh, and that grew because of the uh, the trade with the soldiers who were drawing salaries, uh, intermarrying with local people, attracting merchants, and that settlement we think grew to about maybe 2,000 people maximum around AD 200 when the Emperor Severus rebuilt the defences. Now that population was made up of a diverse range of people drawn from all over the empire and it was as cosmopolitan probably as today's Manchester is. So 2000 years ago we have the roots of Manchester's modern character and settlement. So massively important uh, to the history of Manchester. The Roman gardens reflect the site of the north gate of the fort and incorporates uh, parts of the fort walls and ditches, the north gate itself, but also some of the granary remains on the north side of the fort. It also incorporates examples of the types of buildings that were inside the settlement, the civilian settlement. So there are foundations presented of a typical townhouse, a two-room building uh, of uh, what we call a mansio, effectively a, a type of inn and also a little market booth um, which represents the merchant interests of that time. Um, people can go and visit these gardens um, and uh, what I like there is that you've got this uh, juxtaposition of these Roman remains which were restored in 1984 uh, with a background of these fantastic railway viaducts representing the massively significant industrial heritage from a later period. So although Castlefield declined after uh, the Roman occupation, we have a few Saxon coins from the area, perhaps some evidence of a few Saxon huts, but then it basically became agricultural land until uh, the 18th century when the canal terminus was built, the Jigbridge Waters Canal terminus, 
then encourage uh, settlement to creep down uh, Deansgate. The cathedral areas were the medieval focus of Manchester was, and then the Roman area became resettled in from the 18th century onwards and became pivotal for the industrial period and growth of Manchester in that period. Casfield really has a really remarkable industrial heritage uh, and to my mind it's one of the most fascinating parts of the fantastic city. Um, I, th I think really to trace its, its industrial growth we go right back uh, to the early 18th century um, when the Mersey Irwell navigation first opened in the 1730s. Now this was the first real transport route uh, that allowed trade between the two expanding and key key cities of Liverpool and Manchester. Goods were imported from uh, uh, the colonies and Europe into Liverpool and then moved across to Manchester for manufacturing purposes with the finished goods taking the same route. So this Manchester Irwell navigation was absolutely cru uh, crucial in that trade uh, and it required a load of warehouses to be established to receive these incoming and outgoing goods. Now whilst a lot of these were along the banks of the River Irwell, along Water Street and Quay Street, they also uh, expanded into what the area that we now know as Castlefield. So those were really the first warehouses in the area. The area really expanded with the completion of the Bridgewater Canal, the world's first arterial, completely man-made uh, industrial canal, if you like, which terminated in Castlefield in 1764-1765. That was linked in 1805 by the completion of the Rochdale Canal, which came down a flight of nine locks from Piccadilly Basin and joined with the Bridgewater Canal. This effectively formed a link so that boats could affect, you know, on paper at least, could come from Liverpool via the Bridgewater Canal to Castlefield Basin, up the Rochdale Canal, and then across the Pennines and reach even reach the East Coast ports via Leeds. So this really made Manchester an inland port with traffic coming from international destinations, both from the east and from the west and it created Castlefield as this real transport hub, uh, a real centre of the canal system which was built upon with the addition of the railways from 1830s onwards. And one of the remarkable things to me is how much of this actually survives, you know it's still there, you can go down to Castlefield, you can see all the docks, you can see the canals etc. So that river very much was a world first. Manchester wasn't satisfied with just one world first, they needed a second one. And this came in the form of the world's first passenger railway, which again uh, terminated on Liverpool Road in Castlefield. And we still have the 1830 warehouse, the world's first, the oldest surviving railway warehouse, and the world's first public railway station, which now form the premises for the uh, Museum of Science and Industry in Manchester, which is a really good place to go to fully understand the development of Castlefield from, from the Roman period right the way through. The 18th century was a really important time nationally because we see the birth of what used to be known as the Industrial Revolution, I'd rather use the term industrialization. Uh, and this started in, in, I mean, there's various key events you can pinpoint that triggered this, uh, one being the introduction of, uh, 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 of um, coke smelting in blast furnaces down in Shropshire in 1711. 
For the north of England, one of the key stages in this incredibly important period of industrialization was the mechanization of the textile industry. And this is where Manchester really came to the fore. The city had been, or the town I should say, had been an important centre for domestic textile industry and certainly a key centre for the trading of textiles as a, as a marketplace through the 18th century. But with the arrival of the river navigation and then the later canal system in the 1760s and the 1790s, this really connected Manchester to its hinterland where there was a lot of domestic-based textile production. This also coincided with the introduction of steam power and the birth of the urban steam power textile mill in which Manchester was a leading centre in the world and it certainly led the way right across the north with other satellite towns, places like Stockport, Bury, Bolton, catching up at a later date. But Manchester was the mecca, if you like, the steam power textile cotton spinning. If you go down to Intercastfield today, which I would encourage everybody to do, um, apart from the canal and its uh, fantastic canal warehouses that still survive, there's uh, three or four that are still there and have been nicely refurbished, possibly one of the most dominant features in the townscape are the viaducts, the railway viaducts, which are incredibly impressive and you will have seen these in various TV shows such as Peaky Blinders where they create this fantastic and historic backdrop. So there's actually four viaducts, that uh, railway viaducts, that traverse Castlefield. Um, the first of these uh, was built by the Manchester and South Junction and Altrincham Railway. Uh, now this was built in the 1840s and is really quite an important railway in that it was the first suburban railway that was built. So we're really seeing that step of uh, creating infrastructure for people to commute into the city. And this is as early as the mid-1840s. Now that viaduct is the southern of a group of four that go across and it's, it's dominated by this cast iron arch bridge that spans the canal and the rest of it is, is brick built viaduct which extends for over a mile long, I think it's one and a, a quarter miles coming over from Oxford Road through Deansgate Station and then passing through through viaduct. This was joined in the 1870s by what is now the central viaduct and this is a high level iron truss girder viaduct that was built in 1877 and was built by the Cheshire Lines Committee of the, uh, of the Midland Railway. Uh, these days it's known as the Cornbrook Viaduct and it is the one that is still in use uh, for the modern Metrolink. The third viaduct and to me perhaps one of the most impressive and imposing is the steel viaduct that was built in 1892 to 1894 that served the Great Northern Warehouse adjacent to the central station. A very distinctive feature of this viaduct is the castellations on the top of the piers that are very visible and very unique and these were designed to reflect the the area named Castlefield, we actually had castles cast into the viaduct itself which reflects the Roman usage of the area. So it's, it's interesting to see that the engineers who designed this viaduct were very conscious of the rich history of, uh, of Castlefield in the 1890s. I think my favourite two artefacts from Roman Castlefield, firstly in 
2008 doing excavations off Chester Road, just to the west of the Roman fort, across the river. Archaeologists found, sealed within the pit, about 50 yards from what would have been the Roman road, a Roman altar in pristine condition. And that inscription on that altar named only the second known Roman person from Manchester. The first one, someone called Lucius Senecianus Martius, was recorded on an altar found in the banks of the River Medlock in 1612. So we've had to wait 400 years for our second Roman <laughs> to be named. The inscription on that altar stone was dedicated by an alias victor to his mother goddesses from the Cananeftes tribe in the Lower Rhineland. And we think that he was probably conscripted into a Roman army in that province and came over to Manchester with his unit, possibly a centurion within the cohort there, and dedicated this to um, either in gratitude for promotion or for getting to Manchester safely, or maybe even for moving on to a promotion elsewhere. And we think this area along Chester Road was full of shrines and mausoleums and temples uh, at that period. You can see uh, both of these altars in Manchester Museum, uh, which is currently closed for refurbishment, but will be opening in due course. The other find, which is fascinating and very significant, was a piece of graffiti scratched onto the side of a big storage jar called an amphora, which was found on Professor Barry Jones' excavations at Tonman Street off Deansgate in 1978. And it was found with a number of other amphora sherds in a rubbish pit, dating probably to about the AD 180s. And it's a word square, and it can be translated to Paternoster with the early Christian symbols Alpha and Omega. And we think this was uh, a covert sign that this family were Christian, but that would only be recognised by other Christians at a time when the Roman Emperor was um, against Christianity. You could be executed for uh, being a Christian. So those are two, two of my favourite finds from Roman Manchester. With the industrial heritage, one of the most remarkable things about Castlefield is that so much survives. So we don't actually need archaeology to dig it up because it's already there. But another remarkable thing I find, particularly with the railway viaducts, is that these were put into the city in the 19th century, starting from the 1840s right through to the 1890s, involved building these massive and really extensive railway viaducts, which uh, incorporate arches along their lengths. Now, what we've discovered recently from recent archaeological works is that archaeological remains survive intact in underneath the viaducts because effectively they've been protected from the intensive development of the city in the 20th century. So we recently had an excavation underneath some of the viaducts where we found quite a lot of remote Roman remains just on the very edge of the settlement and this has been really important to get a handle on the full extent of the Roman vicus that Norman took mentioned. 
Um, but we've also uncovered remains that date to this really important period of huge and rapid expansion of the industrial city in the late 18th and early 19th centuries. Um, so during the excavation we uncovered the foundations of a back-to-back -back cottage which was the very typical type of accommodation for this mass influx of workers that were coming in. Very poor, very cheap accommodation. Um, we excavated that, we are interested in it, it's part of our history, we do record it as part of archaeology. So we recorded that, the floor of this domestic cellar where a family would have lived in the early 19th century, and then we lift the floor to find uh, if there's any room remains underneath. In this instance, however, we lifted the floor and found the remains of a skeleton of a baby child. This child had been buried in a small pit underneath the floor of the cellar. Uh, almost certainly early 19th century date, which is quite a sad story really. Uh, but it did become a little bit more intriguing because together with the skeleton of the child was an adult foot uh, and there was also a dog, all buried in the same grave if you like. Now archaeology cannot answer why all these skeletal remains were in the same pit but there's a really interesting fascinating story there albeit a rather probably a rather sad tale about early 19th century life in the industrial city but i think that really has evoked quite a few thoughts and one of the one of the most memorable things i think of uh, recent excavations in, in castlefield for me personally so one of my favorite characters associated with the history of castlefield was the Reverend Whitaker, who was alive in the 18th century, and he was an antiquarian, and he made some of the first recordings of the remains of uh, the Roman fort and settlement in Manchester, and wrote uh, several volumes on the Romans in the area, some of which is quite fanciful, but within that, there's some really important information of elements of the Roman fort that, we, that we've lost to later industrial development. One example of that is the Roman bathhouse which existed just to the west of the Roman fort and was removed when the Castlefield Basin was created in the second half of the 18th century. So it's only through Whitaker's observations of the time that we know where that was and that it it existed at all. Sadly, it's no longer with us because it would have been a great uh, tourist attraction, I'm sure. Um, and then just a, a shout out really to the other antiquarians and archeologists who've brought this site to life to us over the years. Uh, Bruton, who was a, a classics uh, teacher at Manchester Grammar School. He did some of the first organized and controlled excavations in the early 20th century. And then, of course, we had Professor Barry Jones working from the newly established uh, archaeology department at Manchester University, who undertook excavations in the 60s and 70s, and uh, focused particularly on the civilian settlement and found out some really important archaeology. That was carried on by Greater Manchester Archaeology Unit uh, in the 1980s and various archaeologists since uh, and uh, I'd like to uh, pay a tribute to all those uh, project managers and directors who've brought all this information into the public domain and allowed us to understand the origins of Manchester. I think two people who really ought to be acknowledged in the development of Castlefield is Francis Edgerton 
the third Duke of Bridgewater, who was the mastermind behind the creation of the Bridgewater Canal and the creation of Castlefield Basin, uh, really as Manchester's first inland port. Now, this was actually built by James Brindley, the canal and Castlefield Basin was down to James Brindley, who was a, one of the first uh, engineers of the industrial uh, industrial period, if you like. Um, and I, I think they really should be acknowledged in making such an important contribution to, to the area. Not only did they build the canals, but Brindley also designed the uh, original warehouses that served Castlefield Basin. And as such, possibly inadvertently, but they were responsible for building the first first canal warehouses in the world. And I think that's you know that's, that's quite a feat. Another really important or leading engineer that you ought to mention was George Stevenson, who was responsible for creating the Manchester and Liverpool Railway, the world's first passenger railway. And as part of that, a major infrastructure project was the creation of a, a stone built viaduct across the River Irwell on its approach to Liverpool Road Station. This aqueduct is still there today and is in good condition as it was the day Stevenson built it, which is testament to his engineering skills. People can find out a lot more about the industrial and Roman heritage of the area by leaving the wonderful viaduct park and dropping down to ground level where they are fine dotted around in the Roman gardens and elsewhere, various information boards, which have been prepared by the Castlefield Forum in recent years, working with uh, archaeologists such as myself. Those will give you a lot of information on the sorts of things we've been talking about today. But also, when the museum is open, you can go to Manchester Museum to find out more about Roman Manchester and see those altars that I've mentioned and the word square. You can also go, as Ian mentioned, to the Science and Industry Museum to find out about the wonderful uh, industrial heritage of the area. And you can also download completely free a, uh, a booklet that explains and presents uh, some of the archaeological work that has been done quite recently around Castlefield. Um, now you can download this from uh, the Greater Manchester Archaeological Advisory Service website. If you type in GMAS into Google and click the button that says Publications, there is a booklet there called Deansgate Square, which you can download and that will give you a lot of information about the Roman and the industrial history and archaeology of the area. Thank you for listening to The Spirit of Castlefield from Castlefield Forum. To find out more about the forum, to get involved or to support our work, please visit ourcastlefield.co.uk.